Welcome to Beyond the Book, where we create aha moments for creatives that think they don't have time to read. Hey, I'm Imed, co-host and also a former anti-reader. I'm Matt, co-host and former anti-reader. We look forward to learning with you and growing together. This is Beyond the Book. Welcome back. This is Beyond the Book. So today we're going to talk about The Win Without Pitching Manifesto by Blair Enns. And we're going to break this up into several episodes. Can you describe at least what we're talking about today, Ahmed? What are our main points? Today, we're going to talk about specialization and positioning. So our views on why we should specialize, because I was on a kind of mindset that I, I don't need to do it as of now. And I think I was right. But up until this point, I think that we need to make some big decision for ourselves in order to grow. So it is what it is now. Absolutely. Well, let's give a definition as to what specialization is. Specialization to me is defining a high income service and really focusing and going all in on that. It's niching down to its core. And over time, you become an expert in that area. It is the opposite of a jack of all trades. Do you yeah. have anything to add to that? Yeah, uh, like, you know, from graphic designer and after that, like the graphic designer went to get one step ahead and you're going to go to, let's say, logo designer. And after that, the logo designer went to get another step. So he's going to specialize in brand identity system. And so after that, you want to go again upstairs and you want to do strategy with that. So like step-by-step, like there's people who want to like go from graphic designer, like doing all kind of things, all kind of services and go ahead and jump right into, I don't know, (laughs) minimalist logo designer. Yeah, it might be good, a good road, but if you don't know where you're heading, I think that taking small steps is a better approach for everybody that don't know what they want to do, right? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And um, I've always had an issue with the idea of specialization because my selling point has always been, well, Matt knows a little of everything. He's a jack of all trades. Whatever you need, go to him. Um, Now, of course, that is defined somewhat. Before I got into the marketing and branding space, it was music-related or mostly drum-related, but I knew people. So it was go to Matt, he knows a guy. And then with the marketing, when I first started Old Soul, we're a one-stop marketing agency. We literally did everything from copywriting to, I mean, we even did photography and videography and, and drone video. But the problem with that is it's difficult to grow. And I think that's the importance of specialization is because you will never become an expert of all of those areas. There's just not enough hours in the day. And it, 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 yeah, it's not possible. Um, I know that you haven't been a fan of specialization as well. What has your experience been? Like for me, uh, it was all start. It, it all started with website design, like ten years ago or eight years ago. I was very little, yeah, young guy, just 
want to do it by myself because I don't have the money to hire someone for $1,000, $2,000 making website. And I said like Fiverr at the time wasn't kind of existing, I think, because to find someone who going to give you a website for, I don't know, a hundred bucks is a little bit difficult. But after that, Fiverr comes in and everything got mixed up. You know, there's people competing for prices and a lot of things has changed. So now if you want to, if you don't want to compete on price, you need to have like some sort of expertise or like a lot of friends that are willing to pay you well for that. And for, for my case, when I started again and was very interested in logo design because of Fiverr. So the reason why is like I was looking to launch a brand for myself and I needed a logo. So I paid like $300 Canadian in Fiverr for a logo. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I can do better than that. Like, you know, and that is the reason why I was interested in becoming a logo designer because for myself, I know that I can do better than that. Well, why I'm paying $300 to do that, right? So yeah, I started to learn again, logo design. And after that, I started doing that for my friends. Even my friends, I do it for free at first, but after they pay me the bare minimum. The first logo that I made was for like $500. And after that, I grow from that. And after that, I learned about identity system. And after that, I learned about uh, brand strategy on YouTube from the future. So yeah, things add up, but at the end of the day, as of now, I know that I, I can mix all that up together and just attract one sort of audience that you offer them your main service. And after that, you can show them that you can do other things. And because of the relation that you built with them, you, you have higher chances to do the other things that you can do, but don't like display them on your website or something like that. Yeah, totally. And it, it allows us to, as, as Blair says, we become specialists. And when it comes to pricing as a specialist, price doesn't matter as much. And I don't remember if it was the book or a podcast that he was in, but he said, if you're going to the doctor, you expect to pay a certain price. Right. He said, now, if you need a specialist, you need a heart surgeon, whatever. He said, 10 to one, you're probably not. The first question won't be how much is this? Because there is a pain that you have and it needs to be fixed and it needs to be fixed quickly. And you are going to a specialist because they have years of experience. They have years of successful um, procedures and you probably got them as a, a recommendation. You were referred to them. And when we position ourselves as creatives in that same way, we kind of take the power back, so to speak, in that initial yeah. conversation with a prospect uh, or a potential client. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah, like, there's another reason for me that I didn't want to uh, like stall on specializing specialization. It is because of like the back and forth with clients that don't value your work now, you know? So for my personality that I'm not kind of an order taker, 
if you know that from a fact at the beginning. So just don't become a logo designer who is going to go do whatever the client wants if you think that you're into that path, right? So I think that you need to ask yourself some questions. And if you, for a fact, know that you can't take orders, you know that you need to learn about strategy and specialization so that you can offer expertise to your client and don't take orders from that. Like you're the one giving advices, you're the one taking the lead and you're the one with the power. Yeah, no, totally. So let's let's take a step back because I don't think it is as obvious as how to specialize. Um, I, I love the example that Blair used in, in a podcast episode. He said that the main reason that creatives tend to hate the idea of specialization is because we don't want to be put in a box. And it's like we're in a room full of doors and one door is logo design, the next one's web design, the next is branding, and it goes on and on. We want to go through every single door because we watch one YouTube video and we go down the rabbit hole. Um, We read one book and we go down the rabbit hole and we want to check them all out because we don't choose one. We spend all of our time doing that. And our fear is if we choose one door, what happens if we get on the other side of that door and we're in a concrete room with no windows is the most, most boring room in the world. We feel trapped. We feel confined. Um, and that's the opposite of what we want as creative people. Yeah. Right. Blair argues it's the opposite. When you go through one door and you really start learning about, uh, whatever you're doing, whatever that craft is, there are more doors that open to even bigger and more wonderful things that can only be opened once you choose and make that decision and you specialize. Hearing it that way is what pushed me to say, you know what, I've heard about this enough. People I really look up to talk about specialization and niching down till they're blue in the face. And I may disagree with it, but I'm going to take their word for it and just try it. Mm -hmm. And since doing that and positioning myself, which we'll speak to and will, as a brand strategist, it's really been fun to, you know, learn everything I can about brand strategy and, you know, learning about case studies and making my own. And I'm starting to see new doors opening because I just made a decision. Yeah, I think that is... That is true because, you know, if you take it from another perspective, which is if you like to do everything and you're just starting out, so it's a little bit difficult to compete with other guys. There is, there have leads, all of that. There is word of mouth. And if you just come into the game and try to do everything, it is a little bit difficult to like the risk factor to be the lowest possible with your clients. Right. And, uh, what I was thinking before is like, why should should I specialize, you know? And after that, I read the book, I understand that you need to specialize in order to focus on getting some kind of audience first, like getting your clients for your specialization. And after that, from there, you can come again and start adding, adding services to your actual services that you want to do it from the first thing first, you know? So like now narrow it down and after that add 
step by step in order to become what you want to be at the first place. Totally. I, um, I had a conversation with a friend recently, similar boat, wants to do a thousand things, just landed an opportunity that really seems like a once in a lifetime, but it would require them to focus on one thing. They're saying, well, I want to, you know, build courses. I want to write and do all this other stuff. And I said, well, if you focused on this one thing and you gave it your everything, how dangerous would you be? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, whenever you find something new, shiny object syndrome, where you just, you know, here's the new thing, you go and watch hours of YouTube on it. If you focused, how much would you learn relatively quickly? And if you worked on it every single day, how dangerous would you be in six months? And they stopped and they thought, they were like, very. Because they know how intense they can be when they learn something new, because it's just the hunger for knowledge. And that really motivates a lot of people, just the idea of learning itself. But then they started to get excited because they started thinking about, wow, yeah, what would happen if I really tried this out? And I love in, in the book, Blair says there's three steps to positioning. And the first one is we must choose a focus. So he starts out by saying, we have to specialize before we can even think about positioning, before we can even get to selling our services. It has to all start from specialization. When I read that, I was like, damn. (laughs) Because I've heard it enough. I didn't want to hear it again. And I just kept, you know, kind of hearing this voice in the back of my head saying, everyone's saying it. There has to be some truth in it. From there, he says, then articulate that focus via a consistent claim of expertise. What does that mean, Ahmed? Like, you know, I asked Chris Doe on Twitter, like, what what makes you an expert, right? And he said, like, he he doesn't like getting, like, call himself the expert, but he likes more other people calling him the expert, right? So labeling yourself as expert is not part, like, of my way of thinking, I don't like to label myself like I'm the one that you need to go. Like, I don't like to sell myself. I like more of my work that speaks for me, you know, or the results so that you need, you don't need to like lose your time selling yourself to leads or like running around or something like that, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And actually, you know, we're talking off air. You're working on rebranding uh yourself or repositioning yeah is, is a better term and you've been working on your website right and everything is through the lens of how you would like to position your brand at this point right why do you care so much about the website why not just say you know what i have my one liner my two liner i'm going i'm going to find clients because I heard somewhere, I, I don't recall it, but like, I think it's from Chris Doe too, which is your website should be a bridge for low budget clients. So like, you, you, don't even, you don't have time to lose with them, right? And you, you want to attract the high end clients. And for me, like the website is just one step from a lot of other steps that there is necessary for working with high tickets clients and 
for myself, my website, the reason why I thought that it's necessary to rebrand it is for my audience. So I'm not designing my website for myself. You know, I like it. Yeah. But it is more for what type of clients I want to work with. My work that I want to put on my website is what I, the project that I want to, to attract and give, give them the opportunity to work with me and me working with them. So I think that the, the main goal of your portfolio or your website or whatever it might be is like making it a bridge for low end clients. So yeah, a hundred percent. And it extends beyond the website, your social media channels all need to have the same messaging. Right. When you specialize, your goal should be, how can I educate people that are interested in this and bring them along in the process? Right. When you think about it like that way, you are opening yourself up to a world of content ideas. Show the process. Um, that comes from Show Your Work uh, yeah. by Austin Quillon. And everyone knows when it comes to social media, make sure you have the same profile picture and the same banner image and your links and bio, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's important because you want to keep letting people know this is who I am. This is what I do. And when Blair says, articulate that focus via a consistent claim of expertise, that is one of the ways it works uh, out in reality on social media and through your website. His third point is, and finally, we must work to add the missing skills, capabilities, and processes necessary to support a new claim. What does that mean? Like for me, to, like I said, like for me, for myself, I launched my portfolio like now three months or four months ago. I don't recall it, but like it took me three months to understand that I need to specialize, and therefore. I wasn't like, oh my God, I just launched my website. I don't want to rebrand it. I'm like in this spin-off, like never satisfied. But it wasn't for that. Like the first website I did, I liked the color myself. Like I wasn't preaching what I teach or <laughs> what I'm doing. Like I'm not designing for myself. I'm We're designing for your target audience. So that's the main reason why I took those steps. And I was hearing a lot of things like, don't 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 um, how you say that like don't overthink you know if you need to do something and you think it's right just do it even if you're wrong you're gonna learn from that so i don't care if i'm wrong as of now but i don't think i am because i'm listening to what other successful people are doing and uh, i don't need to argue with that i just i'm just gonna take what is working i'm gonna do it so yeah is the main point for me as a takeaway. I think Blair put that last because he didn't want us to be stuck in analysis paralysis, something we've spoken about before. He didn't want us to try looking at every single door and figuring out the list of things that may come out of it. He wanted us to choose. And when we make that claim, that second point, and we make it publicly on our website, on social media, where the mouth. We have to follow that up. It's kind of this public state. It's a, no, it is. It's a public statement that if we go back on that three weeks later and say, well, now I'm a blank 
or I'm putting out all this new content on web design when originally I was doing copywriting. We're internally, I think we're just wired as humans. Like we're going to feel bad in some capacity because it's like, I feel silly that I was going all in on this and then I changed focus. Um, that's how I've always been. I've had a horrible uh, problem with telling everyone a thousand ideas I have, following through on 5% of them. And then when they don't pan out, I'm like, why did I even mention this? If I just thought about it a little bit more, it would have worked itself out. I wouldn't have done it. And I think Blair is encouraging creatives make your claim. And after that, figure out what you need to learn to back that claim up. What case studies do you need to develop? What education might you need? What skills do you need? And that is how you position. You're familiar with like gap analysis, right? When it comes to positioning. Can, can you speak to that a little bit? Because it positioning, it's different than specialization. It's finding a gap in the market and then filling it. So what right. does that mean? Yeah, so you probably heard like uh, a new designers or graphic designers saying that I don't want to become a graphic designer. There's so many graphic designers and they don't know how to fill in a gap, which is there's a lot, there's a, there's a sea of designer and in order for you to like get noticed, you got to do something, right? I don't know, networking, uh, go ahead, uh, build a community, launch a YouTube channel, do something different in order to become different. So for me, filling in the gap is more of, I don't know, you, you, find, you find something that you're more good than someone, someone else, which is, I don't know, it can be on, if you're more good on logo design than web design, why are you like taking the time to showcasing websites and logo design? And what Chris Doe said uh, at a moment is that if you're, I don't know the exact term for that, but if you're showing good work for logo design and you only show logo design, your client gonna assume that you're good at web website design, so you're gonna you'll be able to do it. But if you're showing logo design and website design, but your web des- uh, website website design are not that good as of your logo design, you're gonna lose leads because we're gonna assume that you're not that good. So that's another reason why you should focus on one particular thing. Uh, there is something else that I heard, which is crazy, but I think that is true. If you pick something and you do it for 10 years, what could possibly happen? Like you don't have a teeny chance of not becoming great at it or even making a living of it, you know? Totally. You look the, at the law of numbers and it's like when that's applied to social media, if you keep posting and you're not spamming, but you're putting posts out of quality and of value. Eventually, it's going to work. Eventually, you're going to see the followers. Eventually, you're going to see the community. Eventually, you're going to see conversions. It's just time and discipline, which I think as creatives, we tend to struggle with a lot. I, I, I believe that for myself, that has been true. That's why I had a thousand ideas and only worked on 5% of them because I didn't have the discipline to focus. And I didn't set anything up um, in my life that would keep me accountable to focus. 
I'm just thinking about like what we just spoke about for roughly 30 minutes. That's yeah. from like the first four pages of the book. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> he he then gets into uh, after discussing positioning, talks about why this matters in presenting your services as a creative person and selling your services. Because when your website, when your social media, when word of mouth furls, when all of that is saying the same message, the prospective client is going to see you as a specialist. So when you walk into that meeting, this, is let, this isn't taking orders. You're going to ask a thousand questions, maybe not a thousand. You're going to ask really good questions to understand the root of the issue. And you're looking to see if this is a mutually beneficial relationship. This isn't one-sided. This isn't just taking you know, orders from the client, doing that, and then moving on. But this has to be worth your time. This has to be worth the money. And when we're a specialist, we can focus the conversation where it's us uh, diagnosing the issue and then prescribing a solution. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so for me, it was sh shifting from, like I said, from graphic design to identity system to brand designer out of, out of the kit with, after that, brand strategist. And like to become a brand strategist, there is a lot of misconception, which is, oh, you learned, you, you saw three videos on YouTube about brand strategy, you're a brand strategist now. But like there is a lot of, I don't know, there are people hearing the future and they saw the transition of Melinda Livesey from brand designer to brand strategist and to the point where she doesn't even make any graphic design work related as of now. And they are want to do that, you know, because of the money. There's a different like kind of motivation behind that, which I think is not the, a good idea. Because before calling yourself something, you need to put in the work, right? But if you spent like three months learning about brand strategies and you feel like you have the power to call yourself a brand strategist as of now, do it. But I don't think that you need three days to become a brand strategist. There's no such help because if you label yourself as some some someone that is expert in something and you don't have an answer for a question you're gonna be discredited discredited you know yeah no totally i think if we want to talk about how we actually implement this stuff the first thing to specializing you have to know what to specialize in i would say look at the things that you've done in the past that have really made you excited have made you feel some sort of sense of fulfillment. And if you've been paid for that, there tends to be those moments where when the two overlap, it's kind of like, wow, did I really get paid to do this? It's <laughs> yeah. enjoyable, right? Yeah. Find those moments. And then also look at things that are piquing your interest. Something that maybe you've seen a little bit about, but it's like, man, I just, I, I can't stop thinking about that. For me, that was brand strategy. Literally a year ago, I was first introduced to it and I was like, that's pretty cool. And I kept thinking about, it, but I went and did a thousand other things. And now here I am 
going all in. It's like, wow, if I just made that decision a year ago, it would have been a little easier. How would you advise someone to pick something to specialize in? Start without being greedy. <laughs> this is the first thing. So in order to know what you like and what you want to do, maybe start, yeah. I don't want to say don't start until you find something because that is not what I did. So I'm not going to advise that. I was in a position where I want to do everything, logo design, strategy, web design, blah, 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 you know, from start to finish. And the the story for, for that is like, people don't perceive you as you may think. Like if you think as, you, as yourself uh, that you're, good at any kind of skills that you might you might think but you're showing all your work and as mentioned before if your skills don't match any other skills that you're actually good at you're going to discredit yourself this is doing more harm than there anything but there's something if you good at logo design and you want to specialize you can specialize in let's say minimalism or pick an industry and just do work for that industry at the end of the day is local design but it is more niche down so you can find your path that way in my opinion for myself as of now i like working with beauty brand wellness brand because i did everything like from car dealership banking uh knives kitchen beauty brands and i like beauty brands more than any other project so as of now i know for a fact that i only want to work with this kind of brands but i did everything at the beginning to understand that totally i think that's where positioning is taking the the skill you're specializing in and then defining who it's for so in your case you're specializing in web design and branding right that's the specialization positioning is for e-commerce um and wellness beauty brands right? right at this point i'm still working on my positioning i know my specialization is brand strategy i haven't defined you know what industry or sets of industries yet um i think once you f- you figure out okay this is what i want to specialize in maybe two things i would then make a list of who are the the top three accounts you can find on youtube that are experts in that field or and that's whatever you want to call it and then who are three experts on twitter instagram so on and so forth find bloggers turn on your post notifications because you need to be consuming this content daily. The only way you're going to grow and actually become an expert is the daily discipline of learning and then practicing. They have to happen at the same time, I believe, because we could just have all the head knowledge in the world, but without doing it, we're not actually gaining any experience. I think after we have that list and we're consuming the content, we need a running list of what are all of the technical skills that go into this. So if you take, let's say, illustration, you're you're doing logo design. What are all the technical skills you need to know about the software you're using? What are the softwares available? And then you have something to kind of check off on your list. Like, did I learn about the proper way to do kerning? 
and whatnot. Do I know about the different uh, emotions that color invokes? And you can really kind of build your own, I mean, you're building your own education that way. When you're saying, here, here, here are my teachers, here's what, the, what they're teaching, here are all the things I need to learn. And then you put to practice. Uh, anything to add to that? Yeah, like for myself, like, it's a bit crazy, but yeah, I was in a position and I was like, oh my God, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that because I'm very good at drawing. But is it up to the point where I can just focus on that and become an illustrator? But I wasn't getting it. So I didn't focus on that because I didn't believe that I can do that in a in a way because I was only drawing drawing mangas. This, this is not what I'm gonna do when I'm, I'm an illustrator, right? I'm, is I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it. So, with that being said, I didn't take that path because I wasn't convinced that it was what it was what I was liking. You, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I didn't do it. But I think that I will be good too in that. But I didn't take that path because I wasn't gonna be uh, gonna be fulfilled with that. I prefer to create brands and websites for clients. I think when it comes to positioning, that's where you can utilize things like a a SWOT analysis. Oh man, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Um, and you can... I think so. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. I just Googled it. Um, if you do a SWOT analysis, you'll find out, okay, who are the, the freelancers? Who are the agencies, the companies that are experts in this field and actually practicing this? And you see what are the clients they're working with? Okay. You have that figured out. But then think about if you have working experience, who are the clients that you really enjoyed working with? See if there's any overlap in the industries. For you, um, you worked with a plethora of clients in various industries, and you know you love working with beauty brands. So you're positioning yourself to only work with beauty brands. I think we need to take a similar approach. We look at brands that interest us or industries that interest us. We look at what is everyone else doing? And then we start to determine, okay, what are the problems that these business owners or these brands are facing? And look at the overlap. And then you'll find, okay, how can I help? How can I solve? What will the outcome be? But what is the benefit to the client as well? And after that analysis, work on crafting your message. And before you know it, you're specializing in X and you work with brands in Y. And you help them achieve a number of things and you'll have your, your framework. Right. And uh, like one main thing for me is don't listen to what social media is, is saying on one subject and just take one advice and apply it. Yeah, it's good to listen to, I don't know, spe specialists or expert in the industry, but saying that there's a lot of misconception around that, like saying that if you want to make money, you need to specialize right away. You need to, fit, to find your niche right away. But is these people 
telling you how to find your niche? Uh, are they they're saying something about that? Or they're just saying, find it and do it. But if you don't know how to do it, how can you do it? You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> still, it's funny. I mean, we, we've spent the past 40 minutes or so discussing the first couple pages from the book. Um, my biggest takeaways to wrap up, and I'd love to hear yours, were I needed to determine what am I specializing in and then what am I, how am I positioning myself and actually developing action steps to accomplish that. And my action steps at this point are building out my landing page for brand strategy and then building out content to educate on brand strategy and then finalizing my frameworks for executing brand strategy. What were your takeaways from, from the reading? Yeah, because of the book, I went from uh, forging brands with devotion to <laughs> working with enthusiastic e-commerce brand and lifestyle brands looking to grow exponentially on Shopify. And that was all made from hearing uh, one kind of advice from a podcast and taking takeaways from book, the book itself and putting it together in order to achieve what I want. And uh, it is because of the book that I took the, the steps, necessary steps to position myself. But at the end of the day, I'm not at the 100% that I want to be. But I took the necessary steps to uh, get to the point. But I think that we never can be at 100% because we learn every day. Any new day, we're learning something new. So that is the main takeaway for that that we need to stay updated with the industry because there's always updates how do you make websites how are you making logos what are the trends and you gotta you gotta help your clients so you need to be updated and that's how you can charge more i think oh yeah totally there's nothing worse than a client messaging you hey did you see this new update on Instagram? Um, are we doing that? And you're like, uh, oh, I don't know about <laughs> so, that. So yes. Funny question, you know, funny question. Will you pick so, someone who is in the industry of web design, like 15 years of experience, like doing websites since 2010, or taking someone who, who has been doing websites from the last five years, which will be your choice? That's tough. I feel like <laughs> my answer is it depends, but I would go with the five year as long as they, they're current. The 15 year, you know, maybe they stayed with it and they're up to date on everything, but maybe they're not because with time you can become complacent. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I know it's a cop out. It depends, but I'd probably lean more towards the five-year. Yeah, me too. Because of, like, you know, the trends and how things have changed. And uh, I don't know if that is true, but, like, people working for Google or Microsoft, I don't know if every five years they need to, I don't know, take another test or another exam or another something like that. I'm pretty sure. It because... Yeah. I know with, like, Adobe certifications... You have to retest or in audio engineering for like Pro Tools or Logic, 
by Apple, you have to you have to retest because there is so much that's changing. The reason the, this question came to me is because I was surfing for websites, agency websites that offer services, and their website looks like a website from 2015 or 2010, you know? There never was updated. So what I was thinking is if they, I understand there is a lot of work with remaking a website, but if you don't make it, I don't know, like this is the first impression. So you're to the point where you don't care about getting new clients per se or revamping your identity to match your new audience. I prefer to work with the one that learned web design five years ago because because of that. And also it's like, you don't want to not practice what you preach. Like you yeah, said earlier. exactly. You don't <laughs> want to say, oh yeah, my website isn't made yet uh, because I spend all my time making other people's websites. I That's something that a I lot. Do. That's crazy. Like website coming soon or like uh, a, an agency doing, uh, what is that? Like app? Yeah, app for like websites and app, and they don't have a website. So I didn't get it, but it's been for like three, four months. I, I want to see if the website is up and it isn't. So where the clients came from, probably from word of mouth, but I don't know. Where is where's the work? There, yeah, yeah. And there is, I mean, that is literally something I've said in the past. To someone they asked what my website was i said it's under development because i make other people's sites um and i realized yeah that's just that's not good so to close <laughs> work on your stuff figure out what you're specializing in make sure bare minimum that you know you have a website a landing page your social media is up to date and once you figure out what you want to specialize in go all in it's worth it you're going to become an expert. When you're an expert, you charge a lot more because it's worth a lot more. You'll have experience, case studies, and the like under your belt. And with that, I think we're out. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this conversation and would like to support the podcast, please leave a review on your favorite platform. For show notes and previous episodes, this is our website, btbpodcast.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.